in a second. I'm gonna pop a beer. Basically undoing all the work from the gym, but I want a beer. That's fine. That's the reason that you go to the gym is to drink bad stuff and eat bad stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like a juice cleanse, but not. So how was the gym? It was good, um, but I, I, I was made very uncomfortable by a gentleman for almost my entire stay there. Oh. There was, so I was on the treadmill and I was just running as, as, you, as you were wont to do while on the treadmill. I don't know about that. I, my, <laughs> my, my particularly tactic on the treadmill doesn't usually go like that. You're, you're on a bike on the treadmill, so the wheels are just going crazy, but you're perfectly <laughs> stationary. Uh, but I was on the treadmill. And the, the way the treadmills are laid out, they're, they're facing um, a lot of the machines in the gym. And there was, I don't know what the machine's called, it's like a big cable machine. And there was a very, very large gentleman using the cable machine. And I think he's doing, oh, I could be getting the, the name of the exercise wrong, but um, chest flies where they have their arms out, you know, to the side like wings and they're pulling them forward, pulling on these two huge cables, they're lifting weights. Now, do you mean, kind of pu- do you mean large in the Arnold Schwarzenegger sense or in the John Candy sense? Oh, in the Arnold Schwarzenegger sense. This yes. guy looked like, how would you describe him? Like, um, have you seen the first Captain America movie? Yeah. Yeah, you know where Chris um, Evans starts off super tiny and scrawny yeah. and then they put him in, they fill him full of drugs and they put him in the machine and he comes out like really buff and sexy. Yeah, they pretty much like so, greased up every single curve and like put shadow underneath every single muscle. That's the one. So imagine if they got that Chris Evans and put him back in the machine and gave him the drugs and then he came out again. Like that's the, <laughs> that's like the size this guy was. Like he was... Captain America Square. So I was facing him directly while I was running and he was maintaining such intense eye contact with me while he was doing these chest flies. Well, you so mean, his hands... You were staring at him thinking about Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably he's probably recording an episode of his own podcast right now and he's like, hey man, there was this guy just like jogging and staring at me. I was trying to do my chest flies. I mean, what the fuck? What's his podcast called? Um, Captain America Squared, obviously. Yeah, that's pretty good. I was going to say buff stuff, but yeah, <laughs> Captain America Squared worked pretty well. <laughs> and his theme tune is, I'm pumping up. I want the world to know. Let my muscles show. That came very quickly to my mind. I'm, I'm very impressed. Pl- so obviously, this is what was playing in your head as you were watching Captain America Squared. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh-huh. God, now this, this story is getting a whole new perspective. Maybe I'm the weird one in this. Uh, uh, to be honest, Richie, that's my takeaway. <laughs> from my re- Okay, from my recollection, he was staring at me. <laughs> and, but like really intensely while he was doing these chess exercises. and cla- But he looked angry. I think that's what threw me about him. He looked really angry. He looked like... Yeah, there was, was a guy staring at him. <laughs> but he looked like he was, he was imagining me when he was like clapping his hands together with the weights. Or like, you know, he's like a prisoner in a prison yard doing all these exercises just so he can kill the guy who wronged him and putting him there in the first place. But that person was me. Like, that's like the look he had in his face while he stared at me. Like, it was his motivation for doing these exercises was so he could get strong enough to kill me. Not that he'd need to be particularly strong, to be honest. It sounds like he's already uh, well there. He's, yeah, absolutely. He could absolutely take me. But then I just used that as motivation because I pretend like I was running away from him while I was running <laughs> on the treadmill. So I guess we both got something out of it. <laughs> theme music thank you supermarket love i don't thank him nearly enough <laughs> at all <laughs> or, or, when i said by nearly enough i mean at all um there you go supermarket love that's your wedding present is me thanking you for the free music you gave me for my 
our podcast. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, you have down here in the show notes, what is what on politics? And that sentence just breaks my brain. <laughs> yeah, I thought that like most podcasts actually tell people what they're listening to when. They, oh, you mean competent podcasts? Yeah, you know, like actual, you know, like Buffcast 3.0, whatever it is that you're calling your, your buddies. Captain America Squared. <laughs> Captain America Squared. Um, they usually actually explain what the podcast is about for new listeners that are just tuning in and happen to have stumbled across it. And <gasps> That's we're getting such a good idea. We're getting quite a few new listeners these days. Who knows from where? Perhaps they may have just stumbled across. So, oh look, we've all made mistakes online and end up in places we shouldn't have. <laughs> so let's just explain why people are listening to us. Yeah, I would say that we are a comedy politics podcast that tries to bridge the gap between the madness of today's news and the madness of what goes on in our heads. It's spewed out of our mouths into your ear holes. So oh, you started you, off so well. It got I hope so you good. enjoy. Uh, also worth noting that in this dynamic, Steve is the one who actually knows stuff and I don't, and I'm coming to him to learn. To learn about about politics and whatnot. That's the dynamic. I don't know much. He knows slightly more than that. Slightly That's more than fair. that much. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. That's probably accurate. One, one more little quick thing before we we get into the main body of the show. We're on Ko-Fi now. Am I pronouncing that right? Is it Ko-Fi or Ko-Fi? I thought it was Ko-Fi because it's like a pun oh, on coffee. Cof- Buy me oh, a coffee. That's right. I, lo- I actually went, went onto uh, Ko-Fi and Ann's uh, Wikipedia page when I was <laughs> first searching for the service, which explains a lot. And I went down a bit of a Ko-Fi and Ann rabbit hole. And oh, he that. died, which is really sad. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah. So, but anyway, sorry, we're not talking about um, the seventh secretary, secretary general for the United Nations. We're wow, talking about. You did read that article. <laughs> I really did. Yeah. Like I said, I went down a rabbit hole. Um, but we are talking about the crowdfunding platform Ko-Fi, yes. which it's not, it's not a subscription thing. It's just, if you want to, if you like the show and you want to show your appreciation for what we do, then you can buy us a coffee or in our case, uh, a beer. I think we're going to go with the vernacular of buying us a beer. Yes, it'll be it'll it'll coffee. say buy us a coffee, but we you know don't worry, wink wink. We we all know where that money's going to go. Uh, you you can find that at kofi.com/wappod. So that's k o hyphen fi dot com slash wappod w a p p o d. Or to make it a little bit simpler, whatampolitics.com forward slash beer will also get you there. So, oh wow, that's a good idea, Richie. Yeah. That's yeah. the first I've learned of that. Yeah, I'm going to sit back for the rest of the episode. So <laughs> I should. I've had my one good idea. I should go there right now and donate to these lovely young men. Well, no, no, I haven't set it up yet. So don't go there yet. Oh shit! But it will be. But who have you just given money to? Kofi oh, No, <laughs> he's not even alive to enjoy that beer. It's just something small. It's not a recurring payment. Just we, you know, this silly little podcast is. It means a lot to us, and if it means something at all to you, it'd be nice to show your appreciation. But just chucking us a couple of bucks, and it'll it'll give us the motivation and the alcohol we need to continue going. Yep. Look, if you can afford it, do it. If you can't, that's fine too. Please continue yeah. to, to to listen. You can this podcast do, will always be free, by the way. It that's, will always be free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if yeah, you this is not a quality of product to put a paywall up. <laughs> no, it won't. It'll always be free. And if mm-hmm. you don't have a couple of bucks to throw our way, a couple of euros, a couple of pounds, a couple of whatever the currency of your choice, giant wheels in Polynesia, I don't know. Just tell people about the podcast. Share it around. Tweet about it. Well, enough enough pandering, Steve. Let's get into that. Har- Let's get down to the news. Uh, no. No, no, we're not, okay. not going to do that, no. Because we're recording this on Thursday, the 18th of October, and it's going to be something. released. It's going to be released on Tuesday, the 22nd? No. 23rd. The, the yeah. 20, the 20. Oh, I, the reason I know that date so clearly is because uh, it's it's two days before my birthday. Oh. So um, you can maybe go on Ko-Fi, Ko-Fi <laughs> and, and give me money for a birthday beer. Are you going to you gonna sing happy birthday for me or anything? No. Oh, I, I thought this might happen, so I prepared a contingency. Oh, no. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. 
Happy birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Oh, I misspelled you at the end there. Two. <laughs> you see, AI is not taking over our jobs just yet. As soon just. as I can figure out how to spell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Sorry, I completely derailed you. Uh, no news because we're recording this in advance because you're going on holidays or something, aren't you? I'm going on vacation, yeah. I'm going over yeah, to the exactly. UK from Ireland on the ferry, going to drive around, going to look at nice parts of England and Wales. And by the time, if we were to talk about the news, it w- there's so much shit going on right now that it'll be, definitely be out of date. Absolutely. And there's no point. And plus, this episode is essentially a big giant news catch up. So we may as well stick just with say, that. Steve, just say hypothetically, I did want to listen to some news. We, I have a spin off podcast called Newsy, N E W S I E, in case you're wondering how to spell that, because there is other not, sources. Not spelled nudesy as not I once thought. Um, that is a current affairs podcast that I, I spit out um, interviewing people about politics and different bits. And I have an episode in my feed at the moment talking to Ken McDonough, who's a lecturer in DCU on US politics. We talk about midterms, Russian elections, Trump, all fun stuff. So go listen to that. Smart man. He's a smart very man. smart man. Very smart man. Much smarter than you. Yeah, I mean, much smarter than me. And he had the very unfortunate privilege of actually being my dissertation supervisor. So somehow he still oh, wanted wow. to talk to me afterwards. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe he impressive. forgot. Maybe he like Maybe. hypnotized that experience out of his brain. Like you walk into the room into his office with your microphones and he just goes. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't see anything. Floating microphones. <laughs> uh, but OK, so uh, you said this is going to be one big news catch up. What are we catching up on? The midterms. What am the midterms? What am the midterms, Steve? What do you think the midterms are, Richie? Oh, uh, here we go. The mid- <laughs> so using context clues and the name itself. I can assume it's something that happens in the middle of a term. Yes. Yeah. So the, I'm, yeah, I'm being facetious. Uh, it's the it's the uh, ele- uh, correct me if I fuck up some of the terminology, um, but it is an election that happens in the middle of the uh, U.S. president's term, the mm-hmm. four-year presidential term. So two years in, and it is an election that takes place in the, uh, the Congress, which. U.S. Congress, which is made up of two, two groups. Am I correct so far? All good. Okay, two groups: um, the Autobots and the Decepticons. Yeah, if I recall correctly. Yeah, well, that's they're the parties that sit in the different chambers. Okay, and Speaker of the House is currently Speaker Optimus Prime. Yeah. Okay. That's I feel all. Like I'm flagging. That's. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, there's the there's the Senate, which is the upper. Upper house, yeah. Upper house. And there is the um, House of Con- House Representatives. House of Representatives. Yeah, because Congress is, the, is a catch-all term, because that's, that's what tripped me up before. It is a pretty tricky thing. So the House of Representatives, which is the lower house, is commonly called just the Congress. The co- Congress, yeah. That's where your congressmen are. Yes, but technically, yes. and women, congresspeople. And women, yes, of course. But technically, when you say Congress, you are including the Senate as well. But in the okay. common vernacular, when you say Congress, usually you mean the Senate. Or sorry, the House of Representatives. God damn it. <laughs> See, even you get, even idiots like you, Steve. Even um, idiots like me. So yeah. And the, so the, the Senate has a hundred people and they're, they're two people per state. Yes. And the um, House of Representatives, I don't know the number, but it's lot, like a lot more. 435. And they're done by their, di- um, not jurisdiction, like their districts. Uh, yeah, they're all districts, and that's so. The Senate is made up of a hundred seats, and that's two for every state, no matter how big or small. So California, mm. which is essentially one of the largest countries in the world, if it was independent, gets two, and then North Dakota, which you know the entire population of could probably fit in my bathroom, that also gets two. 
And that's the difference. And then the House of Representatives, um, it's population based. So I believe North Dakota only gets one um, House House Rep, and yet they but get they two, have senators. two senators. Yeah. Wow. It was it was back in the day, back in the the foundation days. They the the small states and the southern states wanted to make sure that states' rights were represented in the federal government. So that's why they mm-hmm. were like, okay, if we build this system in, build this into the system, it'll ensure the states have a check on the federal system forever. And okay, so, they were so right. your North Dakotas don't get run over by your tax, taxes. Exactly, exactly. Even okay. though neither of those two states existed at the time, but yes, principle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, and so then the midterm election is when the um, those seats are up for grabs. Yeah, but so it's, ev- it's every not single all of them. every single one of the House of Representatives they have to run for election every two years. So when there's a okay. presidential election, they're still running for election, and then in the midterm two years later, they're running for election. But the That's Senate, a lot of hustling. That's a lot of hustling. Oh, essentially, like I mean, Congress people are basically constantly running for election. Um, but then Senate is different. The Senate is different. So you get six years in the Senate, and they break it up into three different. They call them classes. That you know, there are elections every two years, but only for a third of the Senate. Okay. So at the moment, there's going to be, I think, it's 33 seats up for grabs. So yeah, that's pretty much the the nift of it. You may as well just turn on the music and end. Do 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 do. No. But uh, okay. there's also there's also 36 state governors elections. The uh, the mayoralty of Washington D.C. There's also so heaps. that's like the municipal level. Yeah, well, for Washington. Not, sorry, not even there's probably heaps of municipal level elections as well. But like the state the state government elections are pretty important too because because the U.S. is a federal system. The state government have got a lot of power on things like gun control, traffic laws, alcohol, all sorts of different things that the federal government yeah. doesn't oversee. Okay, and those those are having a heap of elections as well, and then once are, it's all are these done, elections. Sorry, are these elections just say like the actual elections themselves in each of these states? Are they organised then by federal representation or by by the state? The actual elections themselves are run by the states. Okay, even for federal yes level stuff. Okay. Yeah. So even, for example, the primary systems, which has become built into the electoral system, but isn't actually specified in the Constitution, it kind of just developed over time with the two party Mm -hmm. system. So each state usually has different rules for how they do their primaries and they do it at different times. So in California, you want to say what primary is? Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, oh, I was asking you. Okay, primary is a election, but it's like a pre, like a like a. Not pre- I was going to say premature. <laughs> a premature election. Don't you just hate premature elections? Oh, God. <laughs> like, I know it's super common and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Happens to every happens politician. To the, <laughs> happens to the best of them, okay? But it's about what you do. Shh, don't be embarrassed. It was just a premature election. Don't worry. That's why Trump's always talking about it getting primaried because it's always on his mind. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll, I'll take over here, Richie. <laughs> a primary is like a pre-election, as you say. It is how the two parties decide who gets to go on the ballot paper to run for their their party in the main election in November. Okay, and they usually happen a couple of months beforehand. So, but what I mean to say is that different states use different things. So they use caucuses in Iowa, which is basically like a big town hall, people shouting at each other, and then it's a public vote. But then in places like California and New York, it's essentially a, 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 the same version as the. At the national election, you walk into a booth and you fill out a card and, and sometimes you can do it by post oh, okay. and you actually vote like lists. So different states have got different ways of doing them, mm-hmm. but that's up to the states. They can they can organize it however they want. 
Okay. And also the states get to decide what shape the the House of Representatives um, districts are. And this is the um, gerrymandering stuff. We this is where gerrymandering comes in. So if you if your party controls a particular state government, you're going to try and shape the districts to favour your party when it comes to federal elections. And that's why you mm-hmm. get really wonky looking districts. Is there any particularly phallic shaped um, districts? Um, like what's the yeah. funniest shaped I, I think the first, the weirdest one that ever was one of the first and people thought it looked like an iguana. I'm Googling phallic shaped district. I'm really hoping I don't get taken to some like highbrow porn site. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> penis fountain. What? <laughs> Sorry, just the penis fountain is one of the first things that came up. Look, this is a rabbit hole I don't want to go down. Okay. Um, so we've talked about the differences between the Congress and the Senate, have we? No, we haven't yes. actually. We oh, haven't. no, we haven't. Sorry. <laughs> so Two beers deep. A quick, a quick rundown because there is an episode on this which explains a lot more back, at, back in the early days. So the House of Representatives, they make the laws, most of the main laws that are put into the federal government. And then the Senate is, like I said, it's there to kind of represent state interests. So they kind of do more of the overseeing and appointing. That's not to say that senators can't produce laws and they do, mm-hmm. but most of the most of the actual horsework is done in the House of Representatives, which is why some people say that that is where most of the power is in terms of the federal government and lawmaking. Right. And both of them get to make committees and do different bits that has like side action outside of the actual parliamentary chambers where a lot of the actual politics work is done as well. So controlling these two bits is pretty important in terms of US government. Mm-hmm. Who is it then that would do like judge appointments and stuff? Is that the Senate? That's or the Senate. That yeah. So okay. that stuff that was going on recently about Kavanaugh, that was all going on in the Senate. Right. Okay. The, the, the House of Representatives essentially had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. The House of Representatives can impeach people like um, federal appointees after the fact Mm -hmm. but they can't really do anything during the actual nomination and and selection process I have some questions about that but we'll get to those later on I guess okay Um, so at the moment Congress and Senate are controlled by the Republicans they have had them since 2016 I believe Mm -hmm. oh no sorry they've had them for longer than that they just got the the presidency as well Mm -hmm. because basically Obama completely flubbed it he basically handed the entire thing over to them back in 2010 but we'll get to that in so, a bit. Okay, cool. So at the moment, there are 51 Republican senators, 47 Democratic senators, and two Democratic-leaning independents. Okay. And then there are 235 Republicans in the House, 193 Dems, and seven vacancies. So that's the state of play as it stands. So pretty Republican. Pretty Republican. But it's worth mm-hmm. mentioning that in the run-up to this midterm, a whole heap of Republicans have announced retirements coming up to the end of this Congress. And back when this was happening, and even now, people were saying that this is an indication of the rats running away from the ship, of seeing that some, there's going to be a big swing against the Republicans and that they want to get out while the going was still ah. good and not actually get beaten. Oh, okay. So what was the window? When did they start leaving? Pretty much immediately after Trump got elected, there was a lot of oh, pretty wow, senior okay. Republicans saying, we're out, that's it, I'm giving up. Yeah. And then there was more and more and more. The Atlantic magazine and website, actually, they have a really good list of every politician that has announced retirement in the last two years. And there'll be, you can, well, I'm going to tweet out links to that um, on the day the episode is released. So check out that if you want to find them. And they do like a really great little little write-up as to why they think the, the motivations for them not running again is okay. usually because they're going to get beaten. Right. Okay, that's fair. I think the question that everyone's kind of trying to figure out is how many of these seats are actually up for grabs? Yeah. Because as we said, gerrymandering and all that means that a lot of them are pretty much solidly one way or the other. Is that because certain areas are just like 
certain parts of Texas are just always going to be Republican. Exactly. And then certain parts of New York are always going to be Democratic or Boston or whatever. The, like Usually it goes urban. Urban areas are, they, they tend to stay Democratic and rural areas are generally pretty Republican. That's mm-hmm. And then as well, different suburbs are kind of split up depending on racial profiles and affluency and just geography again and then just kind of hist- history right. and all those things um, but so what so what's what's the swing right now so we said that there's 435 seats that are actually every single one of the house representative seats have to be up for election so every single one of them are technically up for re-election no matter what yeah you have to stand but in saying that you can pretty much write off over half of them right now as being definitely going to go to one party or the other mm-hmm. and those numbers are it's going to be 190 for the Democrats as solid Democrat seats and then 135 mm-hmm. as solid Republican seats. Oh, okay. okay which, is, cool. which is pretty big. It's pretty significant. Yeah, that's huge. And then, and then so the, the remaining seats, how, uh, do we have any ideas to how they'll swing? Um, yeah, there's like the 538 uh, Nate Silver's website. They do pretty good um, constituency breakdowns and like district breakdowns where they can like give kind of toss-ups and stuff. So they think that there are 19 seats that are just toss-ups. They could not predict right now which party it's going to go to. Oh, okay. Then there's like probably 80 seats then that would lean lesser or further towards each party on each side then. But depending on different things happening at the national level and at that particular district race between the two politicians and how well they fight it out, mm-hmm. they could swing either way. So, And they always say that this is just a caveat. Like you just cannot predict because everyone's looking at Trump. Everyone's focusing on the national campaign. Opinion polls that happen are usually national, mm-hmm. but you do not know what is happening in the North Dakota 7th. Actually, that's not true because there's only one North Dakota. The the, the, <laughs> the California 7th between mm-hmm. Skibbery McGee and and Fanula Dustbin, and you don't know which one of them oh, God, is McGee and Dustbin. Yeah, that, that old... That battle old as old as time, isn't clash it? Clash of Titans. <laughs> you don't know who might have dissed who in what tweet from when that would get brought up just before the election and swing everything at the end. Yeah. So the only way really to to know how it's going to go is at the end. But history is in the Democrats' favour because generally presidents, the president's party gets trashed at the midterms. And is that just like a reactionary thing? People are never happy with the president, so yeah, they would just stick one to him. There's a couple of different factors that come into it. So number one, the people who actually feel like going out and voting usually only do it for angry reasons rather than... If you think everything's going okay, you're less likely to actually vote. Right. But... If you are angry against the particular government, you will go out and try and change it. Mm-hmm. So that is one dampener on the on the the party in power not doing not coming out and getting votes. Mm-hmm. So one of the famous trashings, as I said before, was Obama in 2010, and this is basically the trashing in the House of Representatives that the Democratic Party is still trying to recover this from. Is what led to the to the Republican to the meaning. Republicans basically dominating the House up until now. So people just really weren't happy with Obama. Yeah, people were not happy at all. He. Um, the country was in a huge recession. the The big wave of the twenty eight recession was still hitting. Twenty eight, two thousand and eight. Not the uh, yeah, not that. from the nineteen twenties. <laughs> still hadn't recovered. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> the Affordable Care Act um, that had been brought in, but had a fuck ton of problems. So, although people at the moment are kind of happy with it, mm-hmm. they weren't at the time. Right. Um, the two wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, they still weren't going well. But it's still, I guess, Iraq's kind of okay, but Afghanistan's still fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tea Party was hugely insurgent, and all this added up to the. Sorry, de- the Tea Party is a uh, right 
wing. Yeah, the Tea Party is like a movement that changed the Republican Party. So before the Republican Party was like the Republican Party of the Bushes. Mm-hmm. It was like stuffy men in suits and business people and all this. But then the Tea Party came in and really made it into the the culturally right wing force that we see today. Okay. It was it was it was hopping in twenty ten. It 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 brought in waves and waves of different of their own candidates in the, in the primaries. It was all of the, in the news. Everything was all about how the Republican Party was seeing this huge grass um, roots support wave happening. Okay, okay. So that all added up to giving the Rep- Republicans the House and giving them such a strong hold on it that they've had it pretty much since. Mm-hmm. And some people think that that might happen now the other way around, that Trump, he's going to kick off the blue wave that'll lead the Democrats taking over the House for an awful long time. And is this, um, most political pundits are saying this is what's going to happen? Like, is this a general consensus? Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much a general consensus. Um, even the Republican commentators, um, which I keep an eye on the odd time just to see what the enemy are saying, they're pretty much, they're talking about what it's going to be like having Nancy Pelosi as the leader of the House instead of mm-hmm. Paul Ryan. Right. That'd be interesting. So while we're talking about Trump, do you think, because this is the first midterm since Trump has come in, obviously, do you th- and the, the last presidential election was anything but, you know, average or normal in any way. Has that particular election changed the way this election is being run and how people are campaigning? Like have the old, basically do the old rules of engagement still apply? Um, yes, basically is the quick answer. Trump changed an awful lot about how the presidential elections were run then and probably how they're going to be run in the future. But at the same time, he hasn't really changed how these midterms are being fought. Mm -hmm. Most of the elections, both parties are trying their best to focus on the actual issues on the ground, the the economics of the areas, the the public services being delivered to people in, in their own areas. Number one, because the Democrats don't want to be accused of just focusing on Trump. They actually want to focus on what they can do to help people as opposed to just give out about a president they don't like. Mm -hmm. And then the Republicans obviously don't want to talk about a president that people may not like. So both of them are really focusing on on the actual ground war in each district. Oh, okay. That's that's refreshing. That is not what I would have thought at all. But that is that makes that does make sense, I guess. Yeah, there are there are some things we, we should mention probably just quickly before because there are some exceptions. Um, so there was a guy called, where is this, where is this note now? Um, Mark Sanford, that was a South Carolina Republican. He actually lost his state primary because he um, said bad things about Trump and Trump tweeted at him and then the voters actually kicked him out and replaced it with a pro-Trump guy. So you, you could say that even though a lot of the Republicans are trying their best not to talk about Trump. When they do have to talk about Trump, they are supporting him. So this is further evidence that the Republican Party has become Trump's party. Any indication that the never Trumpers have any hold within the Republican Party is gone. Everyone is towing the line and following the president, except Mm -hmm. for Mitt Romney in Utah, because the Mormons, for some reason, are able to get away with it. (laughs) Oh, those Mormons. It's the magic underwear. It's (laughs) What? Have you not heard about that? No. What are you talking about? Apparently Mormons wear magic underwear. What's, what makes it magic? I don't know. I'm not oh, a Mormon. Hold on. We're taking it. We're taking it. I'm going down yet another rabbit hole here. Magic underwear. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. They're like long johns or something, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're like long johns. Oh, they look horrendously uncomfortable around the crotch. <laughs> well, that just uh, that encourages you to not think about your dick and think about God. Oh, well, results are results. Okay, yeah, so, sorry, magic underwear aside, 
Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> You're putting your magic underwear aside. I'm putting my magic underwear under my pillow. Um, it's worth mentioning a couple of particularly hot hot fights going on. So there is Amy McGrath, who is a former fighter pilot. She is running in Kentucky uh, as a Democrat. Um, this is kind of an indication of this being the second year of the woman, which I guess you could say is another Trump influence. So mm-hmm. um, the first year... Again, is this a case of the pendulum swinging the opposite direction? just in reaction to yeah. some of the misogyny we've seen and that kind of thing. Exactly. Grabbing by the pussies and all those kind of things. And like immediately after Trump's inauguration, you had the massive um, like um, women's marches. I can't remember what the specific name for them was, but basically women's groups have been mobilized since Trump came in. And now they really, really pushed hard to get an awful lot of candidates onto the um, Democratic ballots. And it has worked. And there are an awful lot of women running. So who's to watch? Well, I just say the, the reason they call this the second year of the woman is because the last time there, after Clarence Thomas was nominated, he is Supreme Court justice um, and he was accused of sexual harassment. And a woman that the woman that accused him was up in front of the Senate and it looked awful bad. And this sounds very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, deja vu. There was a huge upsurge of women running in the next election. You got an awful lot of the um, the big the big female hitters that are still around today. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, to, to to name a couple of important women of the running, Amy McGrath, a former fighter pilot running in Kentucky as a Democrat. So if she gets in, she'd be the kind of example of the Democrats making inroads in places that they don't normally do well, um, rural. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say hillbilly states like Kentucky. <laughs> um, there is also a lady called Sharice uh, Davids, a lawyer running in Kansas, and she'll end up becoming one of the first Native American women to get elected to Congress. Oh, wow. Not only that, but she will also be the first um, former professional mixed martial arts fighter. Well, it's about time. And not only that, she's a lesbian. <laughs> wow. But she wouldn't be the first lesbian. She would be the first lesbian Native American congresswoman, but that's also because she's the first woman, uh, Native right. American woman congressman. So, Wow, a lot of firsts. A lot of firsts, if she gets in. And it looks like she's, yeah. she's going to have a good chance. Where is she running? She's running in Kansas. And then... Yeah, there's a there's loads of different really interesting candidates running all up. A lot of young blood, a lot of women, and if they do get manage to get elected, um, a lot of them are running in pretty tough seats. So you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily say it's guaranteed, but at the same time, it will make for a very interesting house. And then the thing about but what about the old white men? <laughs> they're all retired. Well, we already mentioned that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Well, one of the it's probably worth mentioning that when you retire as a congressperson, you usually just walk across the road and join a lobbying group and end up getting paid ten times more. Oh wow! To influence politics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God bless America. <laughs> um, money is worth mentioning in this election because, as always mm. in American politics, money is very important. Yeah, and I assume uh, running an active campaign is successful, and that that would be very expensive. Yes, um, they reckon it costs in a contested house district, like one where, not one of those ones that we mentioned are solidly one way or the other, where you don't have to spend spend anything. The ones Mm -hmm. that are actually contested, it costs you up to two million, four or five million. And probably every year that goes up and up and up and up and up. Wow, that's a lot. Because given that in our last episode, when we talked about the Irish um, presidential election, Campaigning for that, uh, you'd need like what it is a solid two hundred and thirty thousand or something like that to run yeah. a successful campaign. Yeah, pretty much. And then like and that's for a, you know a national level. Yeah, it wouldn't like a TD probably would spend just a like the most they probably spend is about twelve thousand probably. I don't know. Yeah, depending. God. And then even then that would be an awful lot. Yeah. So, but two million. Two million, and it's all privately that like funded. On t- that's on TV spots and TV spots, um, campaign headquarters, different organizational things, but mostly, to be honest, TV spots and now online advertising as well. Mostly advertising. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. 
I heard, um, uh, so I heard the, somewhere that um, Republicans are favoring online uh, Google, but Democrats are favoring like Facebook and Twitter. No, actually, I, um, I was reading. <laughs> I was reading something that contradicts that today. It's all oh, right. <laughs> maybe um, maybe I'm mixing up in my head. I didn't hear about Google, but Twitter and Instagram are all about Democrats because they have a younger user base and more progressive, whereas Facebook is the land of the, of the Republicans. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah, and that's pretty indicative. Apparently, Facebook is is tending to swing old these days. And they're getting pretty worried about it. Oh my God. I remember back in the early 2000s, here's a tangent for you. That <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Oh, back in my day. Um, Guinness were terrified because most of the people that liked to drink Guinness were dying and young people didn't want to drink Guinness because they thought of it was like a, a, an old man's drink and they didn't want to mm-hmm. drink the same drink as their grandfather. But then they brought in some sort of a crazy advertising guru who made all these mad ads with things like crazy horses and surfers and, and guys the t- dancing. The, the, the birds, the, um, was it the toucan? The toucan. Toucan? Yeah, I remember the, uh, oh goodness, my Guinness. Yeah, but that's from back in the 60s. Okay, sorry. I I'm talking. that's what you're talking about. No, I'm talking about the 2000s. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the advertising campaign was really successful and everybody drinks Guinness now. That's my point. It's, it is, it is, it is still a young drink, like from people our age, a lot of people drink it. Yeah, well, that's my point. They managed to change yeah. the image. That's amazing. That's what Facebook that's are going to have to do eventually. Remember when Facebook yeah. used to be cool? <laughs> no, granddad. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Democrats this year are absolutely trouncing the Republicans in terms of the amount of money raised. They have sixty five percent of all the money raised, which is huge. Whoa. So there's Nate Silver that that whiz on numbers has done a comparison chart, and there usually isn't that much of a difference. It's usually like between forty, like in ninety eight, the Dems had forty three percent, the GOP had fifty seven. That was the last biggest divergence until now, where it's sixty five thirty five. Mad. Whoa, that's a huge difference. Yeah, and it's mostly coming Especially for that much money. It's mostly coming from small don- donors as well, which is um, is a pretty new thing as well. So the Democrats have really figured out how to get their um, grassroots campaign working this time. Amazing. Yeah, so good for them. Bringing all the money. Should we talk? Should we talk about uh, what we're talking about campaigning the sibling thing? Yeah, you showed me that. Oh my god, <laughs> that is I'll include, so I'll include mean. The audio. That I'll is so the mean. <laughs> it's so mean. I'll include a short version of the audio in the uh, in the episode. Paul Gosar, the congressman, isn't doing anything to help rural America. Paul's absolutely not working for his district. If they care about health care, they care about their children's health care. They would hold him to account if they care about jobs they would hold him to account. If he actually cared about people in rural Arizona, I bet he'd be fighting for Social Security, for better access to health care. I, I bet he would be researching what is the most insightful water policy to help the environment of Arizona sustain itself and be successful. And he's not listening to you, and he doesn't have your interests at heart. My name is Tim Gosar. David Gosar. Grace Gosar. Joan Gosar. Gaston Gosar. Jennifer Gosar. Paul Gosar is my brother. My brother. And I endorse Dr. Brill. Dr. Brill. Wholeheartedly endorse Dr. David Brill for Congress. I'm Dr. David Brill, and I approve this message. But there's in Arizona, there is a congressman who's up for re-election called Paul Gosar. And there's an ad for this guy. For, there's a there's a a, um, a campaign ad like that was running on TV, and it's just a bunch of people. And it just says their first name and their profession. Like there's like dentists and private eye and a bunch of stuff. And there's all these people just wailing on Paul Gozar, going, you know, he's not trustworthy. Blah 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 blah. And then at the end, it's revealed <laughs> that they're all all these like six people are all Paul Gozar siblings. I mean, my God, what a dick he must be at Christmas dinners or whatever it is. 
It's so like these six, five or six siblings are all after like doing this TV spot. Uh, it was organized by David Brill, who's his um, opponent, his Democratic <laughs> opponent in opponent in the area. And he's uh, he appears at the end of the video with his wife saying that like he endorses this message and he has the biggest shit eating grin on his face. It's I've never seen anything as vicious as that. Trump wouldn't even go that far. Oh, so it's, it's so great, actually. So it's so great. Do you have any other questions about the campaign as it goes? Um, yeah, is is Russian interference still a thing? Probably, and everyone okay. is super, super cautious of it. They are mm-hmm. data mining the fuck out of the identities of tweeters and Facebook accounts to try and figure out how many bots are going on. But mm-hmm. this time, there's been no real clear evidence of anything like what was going on in 2016. Right. But the thing about 2016 is that we only figured out what was going on in 2016 and 2017. So, right. so we'll see next <laughs> we'll year. We'll see. Um, I am going to interview someone that works in Storyful and mm-hmm. their job over the last year has been keeping a very close eye on this very question. So in about a week or two, check out the Newsy feed and we should be able to hear more on this very question. Cool. Yeah, we'll retweet that from the WAP handles as well. So Absolutely. People see it. Amazing. Um, okay, I'll be interested to hear about that because this is, is it just that, because I don't know, is it that they're, they're, they're learning to be more clandestine based off the, the reaction to 2016 or is it just have they backed off entirely? I've, I've no idea. My inclination is that the defences against it has gotten better Okay. rather than them, rather than any, anything the Russians have done. Okay. I think they fluked it in 2016 mm-hmm. and I think that both the American system, the American media, and more importantly, the actual social media platforms are getting better at stopping yes. them. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I am open to being proven wrong, Putin. If you're listening, <laughs> we know you're listening. Putin wrong. Putin wrong. Put Putin me in my place. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about consequences. Yeah, so at the moment, it's really weird. Normally, whenever you have one of these big waves, um, a blue wave as it is this time, that mm-hmm. is the... It is uh, it is like a wave that will rise both ships, as they say, rise all ships. So the House and the Senate will be expected to sing, swing toward the Dems. Mm-hmm. But the way it's working, um, the Dems are actually looking at not winning the Senate. And in fact, they're going to lose a seat or two, the way it's looking, which is really weird. Okay. It, it's only ha- this happened once before in Ronald Reagan's first midterm in 82, when he was particularly unpopular. And is th- why is that? Is that because, so it's, you said that the Senate goes on like a, a third and a third and a third. Is it that the third that's up now is particularly just like locked to Republicans? It's actually the opposite. The third that are up now are mostly Democrats. So that means you're defending, which makes it more difficult. And then they're also defending seats that went very heavily towards Trump. So whatever particular politics have played out in those states over the last six years since they last had to have an election means that these Democrats are really, really fighting. And they are trying their bestest to appeal to these kind of right-leaning voters while also staying Democrats. And that is a very hard thing to do these days. Right. So you got a couple of places like uh, North Dakota. Again, I keep mentioning poor North Dakota. It's in the news a lot. <laughs> um, it looks like the lady senator whose name I can't remember, she has got a good chance of losing her seat over the Kavanaugh thing because she flip-flopped. Ah, first, yes, okay. first, she said that she was open to talking to Kavanaugh and then she flipped and said, no, I can't have Kavanaugh. And then... She doubled down and said, no, I'm not voting for Kavanaugh. And people are punishing her in the polls so far. 
for flip-flopping and also for going against Kavanaugh because a lot of the, actually the, the surprising thing is that everyone thought that the way how the Kavanaugh thing was handled was actually going to help the Dems yeah. but it looks like it's actually galvanized galvan, oh, that was like a really Texan thing galvanized Republican <laughs> voters as well it's really f- right. set the fire up their ass so I mentioned earlier that normally when you're in power you tend to stay home because oh fuck it I got the presidency what am I going to do people are like mm. oh no look at these crazy Dems um, Trump is referring to them as the mob are going to come into control so I need to get out there and actually vote this time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a surprising thing. I, I really I really dislike when people just write off fl- like f- quote unquote flip-flopping as like a bad thing. It also it's also indicative of like being able to assess a situation and change your opinions to, you know, react to facts. Yeah, it's true. That can also, you know, that's also falls under the term of flip-flopping. So I really hate when people just <laughs> just assume like, oh, you flip-flopped. What are you doing? Like there is yeah. you're just going to stay steadfast in no your matter what. shitty convictions. So yeah, that so that lady, that lady senator's example is a very good one. So number one, when it looked like that Kavanaugh was only a right-leaning judge, she was okay to vote mm. for that. But then when it turns out that he was affecting what he was, she was like, no. <laughs> Shy bloke. Shy bloke. And then she's like, no, I can't vote for that. And then she decided to change her mind, which is fine. As opposed to someone like Boris Johnson, who flip-flops so much that he's affecting yeah, yoga stick or whatever. flip-flopping. Yeah. But it's just reacting to... Anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm just getting mad now. Um, <laughs> Welcome to politics. Like, Yes. Uh, So any any other consequences worth noting? Yeah, so the Dems are going to win the House pretty much guaranteed. Um, The the 538 blog give them a four and four to five chance of winning. So they've only got a 20, 80% chance of winning, 20% chance of not. Obviously, that still means that they could lose because 20% chance is still a chance. It's still a chance. Still a chance. But the chances are they're going to win. And holding the House means that the Democrats are now in control of very vital committees and they also have a lot of power to launch investigations into particular sitting presidents. Oh, yeah. so ooh. Ooh. is there a potential impeachment on the table? Only as a gesture, not as an actual way of removing him. So the House has the ability to impeach the president just by a simple majority vote. Right. So that would be what the Democrats have the ability to do. But then but that would have to go to the Senate, I assume. Then, then it goes to the Senate where you essentially have the trial based on that. And then the senators would have to agree by a two third vote to remove the ah. president. OK, which is not going to happen because that's a significant majority, huge majority. It's only yeah. it. it no, no president has ever been removed from office because of impeachment, because it's this difficult. And it should be that difficult. Right. right, yeah, exactly. It's a big thing. And to be honest, I do not think that the Democrats should even be thinking or talking about impeachment at the moment. Based on what is on the table, it is Trump is a shit. He is a horrible person. He should never have been elected president, but mm. he was elected president. Right. And going down this rabbit hole of impeachment is only going to give that fucking... WWE villain the ammunition that he needs to fight the next election and probably get re-elected so just concentrate on his policies concentrate yeah. on how much of a shit politician he is put those resources into a 2020 campaign to yeah and then do do use the investigation powers that they have to, to bring, bring up juicy morsels so like they're going to have more powers to investigate his tax history that's going to get loads of shit that you can throw at him yeah they're going to yeah, absolutely. Like, and the Russia thing there will be a couple of people implicated in this Russia thing as having colluded with the Russians probably not enough to prove that Donald Trump is a Soviet agent as some people would like to posit but <laughs> enough to help things along and to make it to put them in a good chance of beating that shit heel in two years yeah exactly 
That's that's a smart way of looking at it. Exactly. And but, the Senate is going to stay Republican control. They're probably going to gain a seat or two. And that is going to cause a bit of cognitive dis- dissonance in the American government system, as there always remains. Yeah. Um, so they're going to continue to be able to confirm Trump's picks for the ju- judiciary and the cabinet. Um, mm-hmm. So in terms of the actual executive governance of America, that's not going to change. But the Democrats having a bit of having one out of the three hands of the weird three handed beast that is American government that they will actually have a bit of power and can do a bit of good stuff. Might be a nice way to segue into 2020 then as well. Yeah, well, I mean, the day after the midterms, all anyone is going to talk about for the next two years is 2020. Yeah, yeah. Got to start so early, <laughs> doesn't it? They're already talking about it. I mean, I have, I've i got a list that I'm building up as well and making notes right. on the different You're people. You're part of the problem, Steve. I am part of the problem, but it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's fun. It's an easy So when bird. is the actual uh, election taking place? What's the dates? November 6th. November 6th. Okay. Yeah. So Tuesday. And how, how quickly do they um, oh, instantane- parse out results? Instantaneously. It's not like Ireland where you go off and take a nap, feed the cows, <laughs> um, call around to your granny on the way, and then eventually get around to counting if you can be arsed. Yeah. And then you get a result a couple of days later. No, it's, um, <laughs> they use punch cards and electronic machines, so it's pretty much instantaneous. Ah, yeah, so. Yeah. Once polls close, you get votes pretty much on the back. Sure, it's all money. up in the cloud, isn't it? It. Yeah. Sure, sure. It's all apps and stuff, sure, isn't it? Yeah, and sure, look, it rains on, in November, so the cloud will be spewing out the results. Spewing out, that's how it works. Yeah. So that's, that's how it works. That uh, midterms, Richie. We got that there. Midterms. Oh my God. That's a little bit sweaty. I don't know where it's from the gym or from all this <laughs> thinking I've been doing. Even, yeah, we're thinking about Captain America squared again. <laughs> that's, oh, that always makes me sweaty. <laughs> For reasons that you say, but reasons that I say that are different. <laughs> uh, that's great. But wh- what are we going to chat about next on our next episode? We have already got an interview in the can about lawyers. So, um, Oh yeah, it was so good. An actual Irish barrister contacted us and asked us if we want yeah. to educate people on what lawyers do. And we were like, I don't fucking know what a lawyer does. We should probably ask him. It's probably the best reason to have an episode actually but that was really that was really really fun it I was. really enjoyed that episode yeah so yeah um, so that'll, that'll be up in about two weeks time yeah two weeks after this one and then we also have the live show which is in the can and we will put it out sometime in November yeah so as a bonus extra yeah a bonus extra episode yeah. for for you lovely lovely folks um, that's it Steve that's pretty much it let's take it on home so you guys can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at what yeah, we're, we're, we're new on Instagram now we're, we're Instagram and like mad things we're having great fun such young millennials Such uh, we're at what on politics on Instagram give us a follow like follow like give us heart heart give us a heart give us a heart give us your heart <laughs> please love us <laughs> um, I'm also going to be tweeting out a reading list of articles that I've mentioned in this episode and ones that I used to research um, so they should be up by 9am on Tuesday that this is released you're, you're so honest I've already scheduled them and everything <laughs> really so I can't I, I'm not even telling a lie here people future Steve can't get lazy because past Steve's already taken care of it high five right. present Steve oh yeah that was confusing stop, stop that <laughs> break my brain you can leave a voice message on our website yeah you can do that just go to whatonpolitics.com um, leave a voice message if you want the Kofi will also be up there again if you want to buy us a beer throw us a beer. yeah buy me a birthday beer and buy me half of that of birthday beer <laughs> buy me a birthday beer buy me half of that for birthday beer for my birthday it was Hold on one sec one second for he's a jolly good fellow for he's a jolly good fellow for he's a jolly good fellow with really big muscles <laughs> Oh, you shouldn't have. Sorry, Kate's in the room and she's she's giving me the worst look. <laughs> Don't judge me. Don't let him use it after the show, Kate. That'll just be too weird. Rate and subscribe. Bye bye. <laughs> bye, Steve.
This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.